1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm realizing what these things right here are good for. I hate dressing like this. I literally feel, I literally feel like I'm in a noose. <laughs> I told my wife today, I said, I'm about to die in this. If this is what it meant to be a preacher, I would find a different job. Um, mm. I feel like, do y'all remember Sesame Street? And they had that board and it had four things on it. And which one of these things doesn't fit? Me. I feel like that thing. I, I guess I just dated myself. You got it, didn't you? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, so we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And I am going to be brief. You're probably going to be shocked in a minute when I say, okay, we're done. And i got to grab my family, and y'all got to let us go today. Y'all can hang out here as long as you want to um, until um, they tell you you got to leave. <laughs> but we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And last week in particular, we went through nine gifts of the Spirit that are, are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. They're explained in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and we went through that. That was a good bit of information. And those two chapters, 12 and 14, what becomes between 12 and 14 is the number 13. And in the chapter 13, I'm sure you've heard this said before, but the gifts of the Spirit and the functions of the Spirit only are tied together by chapter 13, which is love explained, the love of God. And it plainly says that. That the bridge between the two. If you just have this list going, but you're not functioning in it fully, it's because it's missing love. It's got to have love. And here's the other thing that the, the gifts of the Spirit have to do, and this, this is what they do. They actually glorify God. But as they glorify God, they build up the body of Christ. And if that's not happening, something else is going on. Because when it says that they are to build up the body, something should be happening. When, when, when you come into contact with a gift of the Spirit, you should be so built up for it and so grateful for it and overjoyed. It should probably produce an expression of joy in you. Because it, it, it builds you up like, Wow. I need it. That's a wonderful thing. There are things of God. And there, there, this is why it's taken this long to get to this. I've literally been waiting the whole time of this series to get to today. And it's going to be abbreviated. But it's not going to stop the power. I'm going to come back and explain some things. But there's something that I'm going to talk about for just a few seconds right here that you're going to be like, I, I think I'm starting to see the door peel back on this, or, or whatever needs to peel back. We're seeing what's going to be hidden right here. What, what will be revealed from what's been hidden? I'll explain in a second. But, but it, it's such a, a wonderful thing. Um, you know God hides things? You ever, you've, you've paid, are you all with me this morning? Have you seen in His Word how He hides things? And He talks about it. Treasures hidden in fields. Pearls hidden. He hides things. And he'll hide things in places that, you remember when the man, he found, he found the treasure hidden in the field and he went and bought the whole field? 
treasure can be surrounded by some dirt. Why do we feel like our lives can't produce anything of value? Because we're looking at the dirt, not realizing that there's a treasure that comes out of the dirt. So that, that right there should encourage a number of us, right? Really all of us this morning. So here's the thing. As the spirits, uh, the gifts of the spirit, one of the jobs and one of the proofs is that it builds up the body. The gifts of the spirit build up the body. So you, you, it's like you, you get some type of, of good news coming your way and all of a sudden you feel like, wow, that, that's wonderful. And you celebrate it, right? Like with the, the, my daughter and my son-in-law finally blew the lid off and, and began telling people that she's expecting our second, their baby, our second grandchild. And not just that, it, it, she's, she's a girl. You see how that news right there? You see how that news right there? It brought a response from you. That's just like the giftings of the Lord. They should bring joy to us, right? Isn't that, 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 that building up? Now, no one in this room is expecting, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe there may be some more that are expecting, but you're expecting, but we all celebrated it, right? So we get a gifting from the Lord, and we're actually all supposed to celebrate that. Together, And it's not something that should condemn us or beat us down or hurt us. And it, it may shape us a little bit and it may rattle us a little bit. Like, Whoa, this, this, is, this is big. We're, 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 we're pregnant now, you know. Are you understanding the correlation that I'm trying to make between that? Because God's word is seed, isn't it? And seed, when it gets inside of you, will grow, right? And when it's heavy, and when it's, it can be heavy, but it should be something that I celebrate. I celebrate, amen? So I'm just going to read and explain a couple of verses right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm going to start with verse 1. And I, brethren, this is Paul speaking, when I came to you did not come with excellence of speech, or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now that, that verse right there is a reference that where He came from. He had just got through being with, at Mars Hill with the Epicureans and, and people that... When he walked into the place, when he walked into the city, he went through their, their, their um, they had markers, and, and they were honoring all kinds of gods, and he came up on a marker, and it said, to the unknown God, and he said, I saw your marker, and, and, and you said to the unknown God, he said, that's the God I'm going to tell you about, because you don't know this God that I'm about to tell you about. It was an incredible thing. But those people, they loved the big words. He just got through saying right here, I did not come to you with excellence of speech. One, one translation I like, it said, with enticing words of men's wisdom. I like that version when it said, enticing words of men's wisdom. I didn't come to you with an infomercial about God. 
I, I didn't come to you with, a, with this new mind-blowing revelation except for God in himself does blow your mind when you, when you find out who he is. But he said, I didn't come to you trying to bait you in with something and pull a wool over your eyes. I just came to you convinced that all I'm going to preach to you is Christ and him crucified. And these, these people that he had been with, they loved higher learning. They, they, they loved to sit all day and talk about anything that was new that was happening. You, you, could, you could come and talk to them about anything. And they were interested in what he said and at the end of the day, after he told them who Jesus was and explained to them the unknown God, he had done all that he could do. And they said, hey, hey, how about tomorrow? This is interesting. How about you come back and, and talk about him some more tomorrow? And he left there, and he goes to Corinth. And this is the testimony. I have decided, I have determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. In other words, I've been on a big stage. I've talked to the great minds, and they did not receive it. I don't have anything left to tell them. I, I, I've learned a phrase from my friend Brad Thompson. It's this. When you've told somebody the truth, hear me now. When you've told somebody the truth, and you've told it to them, and you've told it to them again, and you've told it to them again, and they're still trying to extract something else, but you've already given them the truth. He said this, I have no new revelation for you. That's pretty powerful. I don't have anything else that I can share with you from this point. And while I said last week, while we want to hear things from God, we, we want to get a new revelation from God, God's not going to give us new revelations when we're not willing to obey the first revelation that he gave us. I can't take you on to level two whenever you will not deal with level one in your life. And you know what I've learned about decisions in our lives? A lot of times we spend the last part of our life trying to fix the bad decisions of the first part of our lives. To the young people, you can make a right decision and stick with that. Amen. I'm, I, I'll amen that one myself. That's good preaching, self. <laughs> amen to me. <laughs> so, verse 3. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, Paul said, I'll let the power of the Spirit do the talking. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak, now hear this, we've been talking about the power of the Spirit. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. 
But we speak the wisdom of God. I'm not trying to, to convince you with anything else, not with a persuasive word, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. For our glory. Say that with me. For our glory. That's what it says. Is that what it says in your Bible? For our glory. The Bible does not talk very much about your glory. It usually talks about His glory. We just got through singing a song. And my wife didn't talk to me about this song. And it, that's so funny that, that it goes that way a lot of the times. But we give you praise and all of the glory. Yes, that's a particular glory that we give to God. But there is a glory that God has for us. And it says it right here. There's something in this glory that, that there, I know that we talk a lot about the glory of God. We even, I had Deanya paint that a long time ago, Psalm 115 and 1. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but your name, but to your name be the glory because of your love and your faithfulness. The Bible says a lot about his glory, but this scripture right here says that he's hidden some things, some things for our glory. I'm going to read it again. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. There's something that causes you to advance. There is something that can cause your life to be elevated. There is something that is for your glory, but it is hidden. But you have to speak it for it to be manifested. This is powerful. This is getting to where I've been wanting to get a long time. But I didn't want to start right here. He's talking about a hidden mystery that is spoken but it's hidden but it has to be spoken for it to be manifested and it's for our glory and it will elevate us not just taken a minute ago and said the gifts of the spirit are for building us up do you know what that tells me about god he doesn't want me walking around pitiful. He does not want us asking all the time, God, where are you? Why am I going through this? Have you ever felt like God is silent? Have you ever had as a parent a gift for your child and you knew that they wanted it, but you could not give it to them yet? But they were wanting it and you wanted them to have it, but you couldn't give it to them yet. And it was not hidden from them necessarily. It was hidden for them necessarily, right? Okay, so when Walker finally got his puppy that we've had now for five years, a dog in the house, we went several years without a dog in the house. We went several years of breeding dogs, and then 
a long period of time because of situations in our home that we didn't need a dog. Well, it got to the point where Walker wanted a dog so bad. And he talked to me about it and talked to me about it and begged his mother for it. And we, we, we talked about it and we were like, no, no, no. At his age, if he gets a dog, that means we get a dog. Are you really ready to feed a dog every day? Are you really ready to take Fido outside? Well, nobody names their dog Fido anymore, do they? Sorry, I just did it again. The day he finally got his dog, we had driven down to, I think, Lancaster got it. It was so little, it was riding between the door and my foot all the way home, just a little bitty bundle of fur. I got it home. I took it to my room. I put it in my tub and prayed that the dog didn't start whining until that night when we could box the dog up real quick, wrap it up, and give it to my son. That very day, Walker told me, he said, Dad, I have decided I don't want a dog anymore. <laughs> Can I tell you that we had played that thing out perfectly to the end? <laughs> but I knew I had a gift for him. So, what? What? I'm sorry. I didn't say that. I said, he, it's not that he didn't want it. He had totally given up hope. That's the point. Yeah. That's right. He had given up point of ever having a dog. He said, Dad, I just, oh. <laughs> Darren, you know I owe you. <laughs> That's your thunder. <laughs> Darren's going to end up in a sermon soon, y'all. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> um, so. He wanted a Venus flytrap. It was that bad. That's a pet he was going to enjoy. Everybody stretch your hand towards me and pray for me. I was a cruel, cruel dad. A Venus, was it, we had demoralized him that bad. See if Brad and Karen can stay over and do a special intervention just for our son. Wow. Anyway, so <laughs> where am I at with this? <laughs> In closing, Wow. He had given up hope of ever getting this dog. So I took this moment to go pastoral with him. As I said, Walker, let's just pray. <laughs> I know it's bad, isn't it? I did not come to him with enticing words of men's wisdom. But I'm like, <laughs> I was trying to, you know, okay, maybe I need help. <laughs> At the end of the day, we gave him the hidden puppy. And as he, I was worried that it was going to scratch and claw and all that. It, it was, it was just calm. Maybe, it was, maybe, maybe it was suffocating. I don't know. Maybe I taped off all the air. I'm such a bad dad. <laughs> but when that dog came out of there, he came out of that grave. How about that? <laughs> and in closing, <laughs> I'm feeling terrible today. No, but he's. Wheeled. He screamed. He couldn't believe. And, and, and he was exalted, and everybody around him was exalted. Everybody was built up together. We got a dog. And I remember my mother-in-law sitting there looking at him like, 
She had that fake smile like, we got a dog. We got a dog. And I was like, she's the only one that's not in on it fully. But now she talks to that dog in full sentences, tells him everything as we're leaving the house. Anyway, I didn't come to tell you all about a dog. We live strangely. There are certain things that are hidden, and we understand that for our children's sake, we hide things from them, and then there are some things that we hide and we get to partake of, and what do we do? We go hide it again. We know where it's at, and we know where to go access it at, but we hide it, right? My dad had the top drawer, and I guess he thought, I guess men think, Top drawer, like nobody can see your drawer has a top drawer. Maybe that drawer is hidden from, hidden from the whole rest of the world. But he hid candy bars up in there. I never let him know. I don't know how he knew that one was missing. But he would go through these kicks. It would be Butterfinger for a long time. It's just Snickers and all these things. I love them all. I'm an equal employee opportunist candy bar eater. So... He would go get one, eat it in his own private, selfish way, and then he would leave, and then he'd go back to it. But don't we do that with gifts and things like that? When we get something that's so good, we go back to it. And there are some things from God that he wants you to come back to that he's got. Come visit me often. Come see me again. And then when we leave, we remember, oh, yeah, that good thing he's got for me, and I come back. Does that make sense? Okay. I'm actually wanting to whet your appetite a little bit. Verse 8, which none of the real... Okay, it's got to make sense, so let me go back to verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. He intended this for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. Remember, it's hidden. So he can't let everybody know, and he can't give it to us yet. For if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. This is so powerful. But as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared or hidden for those who love him. God has prepared God has hidden. So no eye has seen this. No ear has heard this. God has wisdom that has to be spoken for your advancement that cannot be learned through information, your eyes and your ears, but it has to be revealed. Does that make sense? Most of your learning comes through eyes and ears. Most of our learning comes through auditory or visual. Most of our learning comes through um, association or repetition. Things that we can see again. Things that we can hear again. Things that we can read again. That we can process again. But God is saying, I've got some things for you that you're not going to get them through the old way of typical information. Your eyes and your ears. But they are only going to come to you by being revealed to you. How? Through his spirit. Amen? Verse 10. 
But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So he's already given them to us, but we must receive them. But the only way we can receive them is to speak something that allows us to access them. Okay? God has revealed them to us through the Spirit. They have to be revealed, which means they are already inside they just have to be uncovered. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit, according to His Word, lives inside of us individually. And when we come together collectively, that is celebrated. And the gifts of His Spirit should make us joyful. We should leave here encouraged. And I, let me just tell you what church should be. A lot of it should not just be, had a rough week. I really need y'all to help me get prayed through this rough week that I've been through. What it really should be, and, and there's room for some of that because life happens, yes. But that should not be the, the prevailing thing that we ride in on here. It should be more so of the things that God did throughout our weeks, and we come and celebrate together what God did for us. I, I had a rough week. I got a 30-year friend right now. I took him home yesterday on hospice. He, he came from the hospital, done everything they could do. We rode around him. His bad boy buggy buckled him in, went around his farm yesterday, showed him all his new little calves and stuff. Unless the Lord does an incredible miracle on him. It's the last ride he'll ever take. He had one of the last jokes that we'll ever have. I just sat beside him on the floor for a long time yesterday. Those things aren't easy. But I come to you today with another joy that's overflowing inside of me. Because as I see his earthly journey coming to an end, I see his heavenly forever journey about to be revealed to him. Just like Tammy, just like everything that she went through, I've never seen anybody go down quicker than her. I've never seen it. I know it's very rare for cancer to get in your tissue, in your, in your, your uh, muscles, and I hope I never see that to anyone that I know again. But it's very hard to see. But as our hearts are breaking for the memory of Tammy. Our hearts are at the same time rejoicing and just a little bit envious that she's already in the presence of something that I want to be in. There's a, he has put eternity in our hearts. This is what I want you to understand. I'll close on this. i got to close on this. we got to go. You get ready. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> 
Your preacher's too long-winded. God does not live in time. He made time for us, but he does not live in time. And God is not past, present, or future. And don't get mad if I blow up your theology for a second because it's going to make sense in just a second. He's not past, present, or future. God is I am. That's what you need to be about. That's what you need to know about God. He's right now, and he's I am, and he knows everything about then, and he knows everything about here, and you got to trust I am. If you let your mind open up to who I am is, who I am is, your problem will diminish quickly. Diminish quickly because I am is already there. I am already has it figured out. He's already been to the, you know what? Sneak peek of next week. I said I was quitting. With this, I am quitting. Quitting is a process of. <laughs> I heard somebody slam on brakes. And, so I'm in the, I'm still there. I'm quitting. The thing that distinguishes God, and this is what he said about himself. I know the beginning from the end. He's I am. That's the difference in him, in any other power, any other God. That he is alive. That differentiates him. And that he knows the beginning from the end. In. Amen. Will you just thank him for that right now? Father God, thank you. You know the beginning from the end. We can trust you, and trust is not just a phrase that we say, it's a place we live. Knowing that you are the great I am. We give you praise, God. You are the great I am. Anything that we need, you're already there in it. And you know what it looks like to get from there, from here to there. And when we don't know, we trust you. And your Holy Spirit is going to reveal things to us that we need to know for our glory, our glory, giving us an advantage. God, help us not to forfeit what you've already put into action. It's your plan, God, that we would know things and have a certain advantage because we're trusting in you. Thank you for that, Lord. As we look forward to studying more and opening this up and finding out what these things are, we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, before you leave this morning, I just want to share how this word, I didn't know he was going to speak about that this morning, how this word came alive to me. God's not bound by time, but we are. Okay, and we're in the present and in a very difficult time in my life, the Lord came to me and said, I am that I am. 